Hi, my name's Sean Taylor. That down there, that guy that's uh, having like a coughing attack, maybe dying. It's okay. I know where he lives. I'll call 911. He's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. I bet that would get us good views. That would, if we called 911 and, uh, yeah, well. Well, no, just me dying on that. Oh, you die. Well, people will watch it just for curiosity. Funny you say that about how people dying equates to a piece of media being especially memorable or good. Pretty excited to dive into that with you here today because (laughs) first we are talking about book three, Legend of Korra, book three change, chapter 12, which is called Enter the Void. And second of all, I'm going to try my best to keep my voice like an indoor voice. Tried to make my mic a little more sensitive this week to pick it up louder, but my in-laws are asleep right above me because we record in twos and threes. So I'm going to apologize on the front side if my voice and and tone and such is, is odd. I hope it's not unbearable for everyone. But anyway, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great besides this cough that I apparently have two weeks in a row now. No, I'm kidding. This, <laughs> we record the same. <laughs> we get we get to next week, you'll be like, I've had this cough for a year. Yeah. <laughs> this cough is just with me now. Uh, no, doing, doing great. Oh, so, random thing. I have a new show that I like. It's called Ghost. It's on CBS. Wait, just like so plain the, old CBS, like you turn on a TV, I know, not a smart right? like, TV, I just one, like one thing, TV. I know you're a fan of Big Bang Theory, but I, 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 t- I tend to hold CBS comedies at like a very low ranking compared right. to the other ones. Because I'm just like, these comedies, like most of, to me, they're not funny. Like, like they're, and Big Bang Theory has its moments, because I've watched Big Bang enough times and been entertained enough. Um, but I find the other ones are just like, like you hear the laugh track and you're just like, this isn't funny. Like you take this laugh track out and it's not like it's awkward. Like they, they make shows to please old people for the most part, which is why they have great ratings, right? They're hitting uh, the people that I... still turn the TV on and watch <laughs> yeah. regular old CBS <clears throat> with their digital antenna in their attic that I definitely also have one of. Yeah. But uh ghost is not like a, 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 a live recorded. It's uh, on single camera whatever you call it. And it stars uh, Rose McIver. I know her from iZombie. She's great on that show. It's a great show. Uh, but the premise is she can see ghosts and they all live in this house. And like oh, the premise just works for some reason. And I enjoy the show. comes on every Thursday. Uh, you and Heather might enjoy watching it. Oh, it's just a good little watch. I enjoy it. It's not, too, it's not heavy at all. Although this episode was heavy. This episode made me tear up a little bit. This most recent one, which was weird, came out of nowhere. But I can handle, as we have discovered, and as I try to grow into a regular human, I can handle Ted Lasso heavy, right? Because Ted Lasso is comedy, but Ted Lasso is not even it's not even nearly as heavy as Ted Lasso. So I can probably handle. So if it's called Ghost, yeah, I can. Yeah. You know, I can get on board with that. But hey, Chris, I have a confession to make. Actually, I wasn't going to tell you at all because I'm embarrassed. But you know, whatever, it's too late. Remember that time I told you that I was going to start watching a Yu Haka show, and then I started watching Digimon instead? <laughs> Chris, Digimon Adventure, the O2, the part two, like the actual second season, is a wildly underrated show, and I'll die on that hill. And Of what show again? Digimon. So it's there was like Digimon Adventure is like what you and I would remember from from our childhood if you were into it at all, or at least what people would have been into around you if they were yeah. And then Digimon, and that's called Digimon Adventure. And then the next one, I don't even know if it's called like Digimon Adventure 2001 or Digimon Adventure 2. I honestly don't know. 
Uh, but the second iteration with Davis and Armor Digivolve and TK is like I, a I second. Don't, I, don't, I, don't the, I, don't, I don't know these stupid names. I, Chris, yeah. it's great, and I like it. And I think Davis is a wildly underappreciated protagonist because he's essentially just like a clown meat-headed kid but he like learns and he grows and i want to hate him but i can't because he's really charming and he always makes steps forward that make you really proud and and i love him so but i'll put it down eventually because i hear that digimon tamers is bad and then i'll watch you haka show i saw Uh, digimon you should also also watch uh young justice was a good one too I saw Digimon. I started watching this Digimon because I saw it on the way to Yu Yu Hakusho. Like I was there, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's like Hulu knows me. They just don't know how to play most recently watched episode uh, that I'm actually on, but they know me pretty well, so that's good. Hulu, I hate you so much. <laughs> You're the worst, stupidest UI, and I hate it. It's awful. Anyway. I'll watch it eventually, but not until we are done talking about these next couple of fabulous Legend of Korra episodes. Chris, would you care to walk us through Book oh. 3 Change, Chapter 12, Enter the Void? All right. So, uh, so previous episode, they got the ultimatum. The ultimatum. Uh, <laughs> um, Korra has to give herself up, and Zaheer will release the captured airbenders. So Korra is, they're all trying to figure out a plan. Like, all right, how can we do this? And like, they're kind of arguing, going back and forth. But Lynn says something dumb. <laughs> Naturally. And Korra's just like, listen, guys, the only way is that I give myself up. Like, and there's just a really great moment here of Korra being so selfless. And everyone, like, everyone's like, everyone's trying to not let her do that because they know once she gives herself up, Zaheer is, is he's going to kill her. Like they know that there's a big possibility of that, that she'll be killed. And she knows that she's like, there's no other way around it. Like, this is our only option. Like, and then they all have these like very somber, like hugs and goodbyes. There's such a sense of finality to it that, that I really uh, enjoyed. And, and Cora's father is like, you know, people will... I don't know if this is this episode or not. Uh, but they have, like, kind of two goodbye moments. He's um, like, you know, people will, will speak about this for what you did for, for the Air Nomads for, you know, years to come. Um, so just... There's just some great, great Cora moments. Like, these two episodes makes me, like, like Cora has her haters. I'm like, how are you guys hating on Cora in these like these two episodes alone, Cora should not have haters. Like she's so selfless in these. Um but anyway. So uh, yeah, so Cora is uh, willing to to sacrifice herself. They kinda of devise some backup plans, like, all right, well the thing is the backup plans isn't like all right, once we get the Air Nomads, we then rush in to save Korra. It's like, no, once Korra, once, once she <clears throat> once she gives herself up to Zaheer, and then Zaheer confirms that he's giving up the Air Nomads, no, that's communication. It's like, all right, then we swoop in and get the Air Nomads. There was no swoop in and get Korra. That really wasn't, it, it, it was... <clears throat> 
there really wasn't a backup plan. Like, Cora was fully ready to give herself up. I mean, there was a little bit backup plan with um, with uh, um, Cora's dad, but that that almost seemed like all right. If if Zahir isn't up front with us, anyway, <laughs> really, really good stuff there. <laughs> and I have to call Sean, so keep absolutely. Well, and I'm just gonna re- reiterate or revalidate what you just said. If these are two choices that, like, if if we like to compare because we like to compare, it's really fun to think of what Aang would or would not do in these situations. And it's probably a very similar answer. But even just saying that they're extremely similar answers is enough grounds that, like, how are you gonna hate on Korra so much mm. more than Aang? Like, the, even if the outcome is very much the same, that's validation for them not being treated so differently i guess yeah uh so so they get to they the plan is set in place um asami bolin mako are going to go get the air nomads while uh, kuvira and in uh, tanarok and lynn and the metal benders kind of help support core and uh and one thing I love about technology is used here. Like they have these big, bulky <laughs> walkie-talkies on those phones, and uh, and then, so they go. Uh, Mako, Bolin, Asami go to get save Tenzin, and then the Air Nomads. And then like it's so freaking creepy. Like the Air Nomads are like moving and stuff, and then you realize, like, and then they. It's almost like the life has been sucked out of them because then, Pelagius, not Pelagius. Meanwhile, just takes the water out, and you're like, holy crap, that's freaking creepy. Like, she was just puppeteering all of them, even making them move. Like, they weren't just static. She even made them, like, move and shift a little bit. She is just such a creepy villain. What's the lady, uh, the bloodbender lady's name again? Uh, Hana. Hama. Has some Hama. Hama. Has some Hama vibes to it. Is that kind of puppet master creepy? Yeah, 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 definitely. In a very literal way. Yeah. Uh, so then Mako uh, reaches out to him, says, like, it's a double cross. So here doesn't, he didn't give us air nomads. And then Korra fights him, which Korra in shackles, platinum shackles, finds a here. And, and she holds her own. Like, she's really, get, you know, holding her own. The fight choreography is just so good. Um, and then. And then she kind of gets thrown off for a minute. And then her father comes in, catches her, and then there's a, a two-on-one situation. And I absolutely loved seeing Cora and her dad fight together. You don't really see often uh, parent, uh, parent-child fighting dynamics, let alone father-daughter fight dynamics and they work in such unison it's really cool to see because Cora is still chained but they're still working in really unison like sometimes Cora attacks and then like she shifts her body one way and then the the view is is Tonarok right there and then he attacks and uh, it's so good it uh, I never really thought about it until you brought it up just now but yeah I'm having trouble thinking like what's another time where you get to see that kind of father daughter dynamic uh, yeah. With violent fighting. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the only other, in the Avatar universe, only other time we, I say see this, but he, hear this or, or read this is uh, Heron and, and Rangi uh, 
like you know in the descriptions it's like those two look like sisters the way they're fighting and like they're so much in unison i would just man even hope, uh, hopefully one day see those two animated together ask like ask and desna fighting with their dad but it still has a way different vibe to it like they're very much more tied to each other than they are to their dad in their fighting uh style and dynamic yeah hmm. and i mean we see a little bit of that i think with uh iron zuko there's one scene where they're fighting earth benders and and they're pretty good they work well together but like you still you've already or, yeah, you've already uh, lost the father daughter and i mean yeah yeah it's just a uh, very unique Um, and then we have, uh, let's see here. Oh, Gazan pretty much burns down this temple. <laughs> he, Gazan's, one thing I love about Gazan's bending is it's so freaking destructive. Like, it's almost like no structure is safe. Like, he tore down the walls of Boston and say, in, like, mere minutes, because lava is such a, like, think about Earth. Like Earth is very be a strong. Fairly slow burn. But uh, just he's kind of amplified it. Yeah, but it's kind of like you just—it's kind of like just pulling a Jenga piece out of a wall, right? It's like, all right, if I just melt this piece, well, it all got to fall on somewhere. We probably didn't even give that scene. It's been a couple of weeks, but we probably didn't even give it as much credit as he deserves when he literally takes down the whole wall of you know the most yeah. fortified city on the planet. Yeah. Also, I meant to say they really need to change the name of Bossing Say because like. Only because the first time, three girls took it over, <laughs> and just by like infiltrating it, and how just four people took it over, like Boston Sage needs to be renamed. It, <laughs> it turns out it actually is fairly penetrable. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't come in with like an army. Just come yeah. in with like three people, if ten you people mats. Right you can under do the it. Nose, absolutely. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> You got Crown Fire Lord prince, uh, Princes walking around there serving tea and stuff. Like, it's really not that hard to get by there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Gazan kind of burns down the whole place. And Bolin is, uh, so on this plot, there's, there's so much going on in this episode. There's so much stuff happening. Um Really, they've done such a good job of of weaving like three different, yeah, this fighting kind of like a C plot even, yeah. And also, uh, I can't stress. I know I'd probably put too much stock into this, but just standard thirty minute episodes. That is, you know, it's always more impressive to me when it feels like you can pack that in. I'm sorry, not even thirty. What is it? Like Twenty two. Um, it's always way more impressive to me when you can do that in that time slot rather than having the. Yeah. The uh, to be continued style. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so then, like the lava's pretty much chasing them all around the place, and then Bullet uh, figures out that he can lava bend. Which, I'm like, what? What? What was he? What was his plan there? But I do love that moment afterwards, where like Michael's like, Bolin, you can lava bend. He's like, I know. Yeah, I know. I just found. I just out. found out. <laughs> There's just a great line delivery from like a sweet uh, innocence Bryan. to his voice. Yeah, also, it's a good misdirect because all throughout the season, we're thinking, like, all right, he's going to learn how to metal bend. And he ends up doing something even more special. Yeah, more it, rare. it's a really nice 
it was a really nice unexpected positive for Bolin, I think. Yeah. Like even you know, it's like I remembered, but I think they carried it out in a very pleasant surprise kind of way. Yeah. Um, let's see. So that's pretty much that plot line. Oh. Wait, was Kai oh yeah, Kai was shot out the that was the last episode. Kai survived and then Kai picks him up. Um but then back to back to the the uh metal benders versus police fight and uh ah, such a good fight. The the thing I love most about this fight is just how well Suyin and, and Lin work together. And they get to a point where just they're just like we there's there's like we're we're stuck. Like please so powerful you, you can't even stay in her sight or she'll get you. Like she blasted so many benders off of the off the railings and stuff like that. Uh or off, off the side. And uh and and so much of this episode is about sacrifice and Lynn yeah, she's she's always been really willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah, you know, she did in book one. I love how she for what turns she to, feels is a righteous cause, which you know it usually is, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I love how she turns to Suyin. She, she touches her gently on the on the face. It's like I love you, Sue. Which is, and then she ah, it was, it was that moment to me is so good. There's so many great character moments in this episode that is supported by so many of the action sequences um like that's that's them coming to full circle on on their arc almost um like you know she even when they in the episode where they you know came to agreement on stuff like all right you know we'll be nice to each other lynn still wasn't like i love you sis type of deal but here you know she has to be real she has to be like like I might die. Like before I die, like, I want to tell you that like I love you. Like really good, really good character stuff there. I I was thinking about this in my head, Chris. You have sisters. I got three brothers and one sister. So as uh, my my youngest brother, I would consider the one who I would be the closest to. And so I was like, all right, well, Sean, what would you do if you were in that situation? I was like, well, I think I you know I wouldn't have any issue saying I love you. But instead of the gentle face touch, I was like, we would definitely do the, you know, the meme with the the 80s action, uh, uh, the guy who plays Apollo Creed and I think Dolph Lundgren or whatever that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, ours would be like way cornier and it would be something like that before I ran out of the line of fire. <laughs> it would be much less touching. <laughs> I'd probably say, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't go for the gentle cheek touch. Just be like, hey. Maybe like a shoulder, like, like a like, shoulder or something. Yeah, shoulder's good. That's a good brother sister move is a shoulder touch. The cheek thing, that's yeah. a, that must be a sister thing. I don't know. Uh, or maybe they needed that because, like, you maybe need to do more because it, because, you know, they were so. Making up for lost before. ground, yeah. kind of. Yeah. They got to do more yeah. to recover. I was just like, no, we would. Do, I'd do like an action movie, like an '80s action movie fist pump before I went running out there. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bro. Love, Love you, bro. bro. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That is 100 percent how that would go yeah. down. And then, yeah. And then Linda's like, "Come give me your third eye, freak." And then, <laughs> man, the bending is so good. Right. So the thing about, so I watched this episode twice because right, I, I tried to watch with the commentary on. 
uh, really good commentary on these episodes because Mike and Brian are kind of just like reviewing it really, and uh, and they're giving props kind of all over to different people. Like, I feel like in that was their first time watching it in, in some time because they're kind of just an honor. Like, just look at this. Like, so so did this work and this work and this work. Um, and so I was watching it speed it up because I just need to listen to the commentary. I don't need to really watch the episode. But it was really cool to watch it, watch the action be faster. Uh, just an interesting, like, experiment. It just It's just a little bit more action-packed. So when, like, Lynn is fighting, like, she's just like, boom, 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 and stuff. I wouldn't want the show to change to be faster-paced because I think part of... Uh, part of its appeal is that it's very grounded and, and there's some realness to, to the bending. It's not like over over exaggerated action. There's there's uh, some real uh, natural movement to it. But I would definitely yeah. be I would definitely be not that I'm comparing myself to Lynn in terms of talent, but I would definitely be the annoying distraction. And uh, my brother would have to. My brother would have to land the single shot. That would be more up his alley. Mm, the kill yeah. shot. I'd be the distract. I'd run out there talking all kinds of trash. Yeah. Uh, so great, great moment. So Lynn is kind of like beat. She's like, like laying down, and police like ready to just kill her, pretty much. And she like does one breathing, and then it's, it appears like Suyin come out of nowhere. Like comes out. Takes her armor off of her, wraps it around Lee's head, and all you hear, is like it, it's a, it's a really good, really cool. There's sound. a metallic thunk to it. It's a great. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's horrifying, really, but in a great way. <laughs> yeah, like how do they get away with this on They're, a on a Y okay. on thought, a Y seven kids show? I thought about this a lot, Chris, and I think that it is the fact the way that they did it is both horribly, violently, just terrifying. <laughs> but also brilliant from a censorship standpoint because they don't show anybody dying, <laughs> right? Like there's no gore. It's, it's gory, but there's no gore. It's terrifying, but not for like a younger child wouldn't maybe necessarily put together just how awful, what a horrible way it would be to die. <laughs> uh, so I, I spent quite a bit of time thinking about it. I was like, that's got to be one of the most clever ways to violently murder somebody on a children's show. I can't think of a better yeah, like, way to, to send the same kind of message. I, this is a, because, you know, you, you know, she, you know, her body is lying there headless. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, like it's, what is, I mean, are there even other, like, from from similar like a similar genre of of cartoons, so a similar target audience and stuff. It's like I I just Sean, can't. Come I, up I've, with I've never seen. I've never that's... seen a Y. I've never seen a Y seven show go this far. This this has got to like, be one of the most incredible kills in a non. In I mean, even <laughs> in a lot of the other stuff I watch, but definitely maybe a top uh, a top kill I mean, in a kids the... show that I can possibly think of. <laughs> I mean, and then also you have the murder suicide at the end of book one. To me, that's not as bad because to me, I could actually like, I can make a theory that oh, Amon survived because it, it's it was so it was kind of so far removed that I could I could make like the camera's like very far away from the boat, but I can make a theory that Amon survived 
Because, I mean, Zuko survived that one explosion the pirates did, right? But something um, about that one feels like inherently less kind of violent, terrifying, or... or, or I think like, so, too. Because it's, it's just an explosion, just, right? Right. And, like, and it's, it's a big explosion, yeah. and it's a pretty it's a pretty broad explosion. But here, we're like, that helmet is so contained that we know that explosion only took place within this if <laughs> confined you take, If you bend that helmet off, you're going to find a pile of goop where there used to be a face or whatever. It's going to be... Just uh, so, uh, no, Chris, this is a gosh. I'm, well, I'm excited to talk about top series moments because this is going to be up there for me in the entire series in the entire Avatar verse. This is going to be really yeah. high up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this, the Mons Fine Cora and you know uh, amazing fight sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a moment there where like Tonrock. He's going for the kill. Like he has like a water spike and he just misses. <laughs> Which this, this show is like you you can tell when characters are are going for kill. And then and then Zahir's like, say hello to the Earth Queen for me. And then he like just completely bends him over. Like he Zahir was trying to kill him. Like and, and he just happens to get saved by Kuvira. Um, which at that point in time, we didn't know who Kuvira was, no, but we're no like, they, they, they kept zooming in on Kuvira, just like, who's this person? Like, well, let's make sure we say this be... random guard's name very clearly. Yeah. And then she gets, and then she says him, and then he's like, thank you, officer. And she's like, you can call me Kuvira. Like, camera's very me. close. Well, okay. She she's, put she'll be down. back. Chris, yeah. she went for the assertive. She's like, you can call me Kuvira. What questions do you have? Yeah. You know, you know what my thought was, and I'm glad they did not go this route. I thought I felt a little bit of chemistry there. I was like, I hope they don't go down some path where he's gonna like That's cheat weird. off his yeah. wife. That's a weird deal. I'm glad they didn't do. It. They wouldn't do. It. Like, why would you have that in the? Kids? That sounds like some HBO stuff right there. Yeah. This Avatar uh, Studios if, we're talking about, Chris. If Gora's mom was dead, he there would definitely be some chemistry there. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even care to explore that in hypothetical ships or anything. I'm not. Thing is, I'm not down Kuvira, with that. I mean, Kuvira's not like that much older than Kuvira's probably about five, maybe five years older than Korra. Maybe not even that much. Maybe like four. They're they're pretty similar. So it'd be like a weird like replacing my mom with this younger. <laughs> okay, you say weird because it's weird to us, but you know, out there in the real world, it's probably like, eh, all right. <laughs> Uh, it's weird to us because we're normal. Back, <laughs> yeah. uh, back to the fight. The so Cora's like, no, Dad, and then, uh, and then you know she's she's trying, she's still trying to fight off uh, Zahir, and then Zahir hears that whatever that explosion is, and he looks like no. And then he he only the thing the cool thing is that he only allows himself like a slight second to grieve, and then he's and he lays this like everybody move down on core, which just knocks the air out of her. I almost knock like it's it's such a strong. It's a impact. blunt force from the air. It's very interesting. Yeah. The then, did you see? I'm really proud proud of my wordplay. Uh, Pali implodes. I was really excited about putting that uh, okay. on paper. I think I spelled Lahima wrong though. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, it I looks. I, I believe there is a G. No, I think I that did. might be right. Yeah. Anyway, I was really proud of my wordplay. <laughs> oh, play fuck. Imp- uh, an apostrophe. <laughs> then you, then just make sure you just sometimes I don't read these notes. I just keep going. If I if I have the episode remembered very well, I tend not to the notes follow it that much. Are are but then seriously you, you, helpful. Ever. No, they are helpful, Sean. Uh, but then you went out of your way to write, see what I did there. I was <laughs> hoping you would at least see that because it didn't have the bullet. I was like, maybe his eye will be attracted to the lack of uh, consistency with the non-bullet. So I was trying to pull you in, but hopefully somebody else out there saw it already and got like half a chuckle, and that makes it fulfilling for me. Our, you know what? A bad time to bring this up, probably. Uh, and I know I'm not good at checking them all the time. Some people's comments on our videos are incredible. And I love them. There's a lot of things that are humorous, a lot of things that are maybe not meant to be humorous, but let's call it like amusing. We love your comments. Comment on our videos. Uh, We really appreciate all that. And I'm not good at reading them personally, but Chris always makes a point to like thumbs up them all the time. And I appreciate that, Chris, by the way. In my defense, I I get notifications for them. So... (laughs) Thing is, so I, I would comment. Sometimes I comment on a random person. This uh, this one person commented on like my core thing videos. That gets the most comments because people are very adamant either, uh, either way. And it's a it's like and, an evergreen uh, topic. Like people will always yeah, always yeah. search core versus thing. And then I replied to a person, and this person was like, like almost trying to belittle me. Like you have time. Like, bro, you're still like responding to comments on a two year old video. Almost like I don't have a life. I'm like, oh, I'll, one thing, I get notifications about every comment, mm-hmm. and I just haven't had my phone on me. I was actually in the middle of of, of working on my patio deck, uh, and I just went to go change a podcast. <laughs> I started explaining everything just because, <laughs> I don't know, I just found that funny. And then this other person was like, uh, it was like, dude, I like that you, you know, like two years later, you're still reading on comments and heart and stuff, even people who comments yeah, are, are rude to you and that stuff was like, that. like I, I respect that yeah it was I, like <laughs> even stuff you disagree with you're out here thumbs up at it and comment <laughs> back, like two years later <laughs> that's beautiful and it pays off when you get when you correctly pick cast members for live action series it exactly. pays off sometimes yeah. i mean the thing is like reading those comments it does inspire even comments that are like disagree with me or even rude to me even <laughs> Like, it still inspires me to keep my YouTube channel going, even though I haven't really kept it going. I, I still, I have really high ambitions in the future to start back up. And, it's just a and reminder that people actually like watch and care, and that feels really validating. Yeah. Even if they're taking yeah. the time to be nasty, which is the vast minority. But, like, even those, yeah, like, yeah. They, they, whatever, they clicked on it, man. They took the time to leave a comment. What's that say about them? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so where are we at? Oh, so really cool. It comes down to Su Yin and Lin Bei Fong. And, uh, so here has the course body. And they're like, you're surrounded. Like, we're going to, like, thing is, yeah, they're like, you know, put the avatar down. You're, you're surrounded. And all of here, like, Zaheer almost doesn't even recognize them. <laughs> like, he, he's, He's so detached from them. Like, they're not even concerned to him. He just keeps worrying to himself, which is really cool because he's worrying this to himself 
before this fight scene took place, you know, he was talking to Pali also. They had a nice little moment. <clears throat> but before they kept working, these chimes to himself, just like, empty yourself, enter the void, become the wind. Empty yourself, enter the void, become wind. And he keeps saying this, and then he just, he's holding Korra, and he just leaps off the back. And I remember when I first watched this, like, I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, what, what's, like, it left me in die. suspense. Yeah. It left me in suspense for a second, and then the camera, camera kind of pans down, and it pans up to him just floating there. Over, yeah. Like, I was, I was, I think I was shocked when this first happened. I was like, holy crap, he can, he can legit fly. Like, that's, like, he, he has the power of flight. Uh, yeah, he's is, really not, I mean, it's an air bending move in a sense, but he's not bending, you know, he's not doing the yeah, martial artistry behind it. He just is, like, manipulating. Yeah, he's flying the way that, that, that bison, the sky bison fly, right? Because they're, when they're flying, you don't the see them, benders. like, pushing. Exactly. Um, and Mike Bryan said, like, they've had this thought about the ultimate airbending move would, would be to become wind. Like, they had this thought 12 years ago when they were making Avatar. Um, but they just were like, we do, they just didn't know how to apply it, or they just didn't know how to incorporate it really into the story. Like, they had art of, like, Aang just, like, meditating and meditating stance, just levitating in the way we see Zaheer levitate oftentimes. And they're just like, yeah, we just didn't know. Like where where to go with it essentially? I think flight works. I think flight is just yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they saved that because it kind of has a, it's a, a great power up. It kind of has a uh, a matrix feel to it in that you know when you think of flying, mm-hmm. it's so easy to think okay. of either either flapping the wings or like a jet propulsion engine. But when when I yeah. think of it as like an ultimate airbending move, it's almost like a sort of manipulating the air around them more than something mechanically powered or even powered by standard bending uh, martial artistry has a has a there is no spoon feel to it yeah um and then to me that's where the episode essentially ends but they're actually like another five minutes i think of the episode i think in my head the episode always ends with zaheer flying with cora and then, maybe should have. That would have been sick. And then, uh, and then uh, Gazan sees him, and he says, "Like, oh, I guess he doesn't need a ride." Like, to me, the episode always ends there, but it doesn't. It it goes to uh, to Kai with uh, Tenzin and, and all and of them just kind of regrouping together, and so Kai telling them like, Bolin and them, yeah. all, right, all in the same, yeah. And uh, and pretty much at that point, they're just kind of getting their plan together but it was good to see Tenzin like reconnect with that there's just a little small moment that he he comes kind of with bison again it's, like, it's nice to see you like this moment uh, it's a very small moment but it just puts in perspective like this is a battle going on like we're in the middle of it we gotta regroup we gotta go get Korra like it's like I don't know it just kind of it doesn't raise scales at all, the the stakes at all, or anything like that. It just kind of puts a perspective of what's happening. Yeah, it's a very nice sort of framing device leading into next episode, which is the finale, and yeah. feels natural. Doesn't feel awkward or anything. So, um, even if it's a little sad that Zahir's piece can't be the very last bit, 
because uh, that would have been a really sick bit to end on just like seeing him floating in the air and then flying away and then like cut cut to cut to credits that have been sick but uh such is life uh well hey let's let's get to some ratings let's oh wait am i still on mute no you're good no i'm not all right yep yes so. let's get to some <laughs> some ratings all right uh you know io visual a 10 what 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 did it for me this episode really was was uh uh the cora in Tonrock fight versus Zaheer. Like Cora being shackled but still freaking holding her own was just great to see. And that just fighting in unison with her father. Um just uh great, great, great stuff there. And uh I'm sure there was other great things animation wise. Um like with uh with Bolin and uh and, and such, but yeah. It, it, it's a ten. Uh, story. I think so much of of the story about Korra's sacrifice, um, and re- this yeah, this story is all about sacrifice. We have Korra sacrificing herself, <clears throat> Lynn later sacrificing herself, and then in a way we have Pali as a sacrifice, um, almost for Zaheer for him to reach another level. Um, so those three story elements, I think, were done so freaking well and they're all so character driven that that it, you know gets a 10 10 and then memorable this is a it's a very memorable episode this is one <clears throat> to me this is one of the the best episodes in, in the in the series so gets a 10 easy easy math right there i like that yeah hey chris guess what i've got a few tens to dole out myself such as an audiovisual there's there's a lot of different like backdrops backgrounds uh, it's, it's some of the Zucker's oh, best yeah. music work um, they're all over the place there's all sorts of action there's everything it, everything in this episode like microcosms of the best parts of the whole series <clears throat> uh, you can find most of them in here somewhere even humor you know like every literally everything it does it great and same same thing yeah as the, the back oh, sorry go ahead yeah background uh, honestly background really good point on that like this temple. This is the same temple we saw in, in Avatar. Uh, you know, it was the one where the mechanists took over. In fact, there's that little walkway that Bolin and them go through. That was one that that Fire Lord general guy was going through. Um, but, like, you compare just these still images to each other. Like, Legend of Korra just took it up a whole nother level. And, 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 that's, and that's no shade on the original show. Like, this is just what happens with time and progression and everything. Like, they're better at this than they were 10 years prior. I and I'm, I'm a little biased because it's maybe not necessarily a good thing, but I always just, when it comes to animation in particular, knowing the work that goes with it or not really understanding it myself, but, you know, starting to grasp over time that when they have just kind of a variety of settings all in the same episode, um, very different, unique settings. And, and um, I don't know, I just tend to appreciate that in Avatar episodes, which I'm sure people have noticed over time and again the zucker uh zuckerman's music is is excellent throughout it always it feels almost like blends into it in a very perfect way but still memorable uh story everything comes to a climax and a pinnacle here from uh, you know uh, i don't know a couple of different story arcs and kind of cementing what makes zaheer such a good villain like uh when when he flies at the end like you start to feel validated in his cause, like okay, oh, first the air bending is that a sign? Okay, now he's flying, 
Um, like it's it's like a slap in the face to Air Nomads, uh, to the growing uh, Air Air Nation. I don't. Everything comes to a great pinnacle. Here is great, and then obviously memorable. It's uh, we're talking about a, a top, you know, like a maybe top five or ten, you know, universe moment for me. And the rest of the episode being as great as it is, it's an easy ten all around. If you're good at math or bad at math, you probably guess it's a ten overall. Ooh, that's that's a nice round that's, number. That's there. a nice number right there. We don't dole those out very often, and we've got the uh, documentation to prove it. So, enter the void. Ten out of ten. Chris, I don't want to. Oh, skipping ahead too far. Um, I don't want to sully the ending of our great episode with any any nonsense or whatever. I'm just gonna say, hey, come back next time, next week, and let's talk about the finale. They're not connected in a to be continued sense, uh, but I don't know how in the heck you would ever watch episode twelve <laughs> and then not just watch episode thirteen. I I don't know why anyone would ever do that. So, yeah. Um, well, Mike and Brian definitely think of the last two or three episodes of each season sort of as a finale. Yeah, even if they they aren't. But what I like about this one, and we'll talk about it more uh, coincidentally next time too, is again, is it as big as it is, and as much as it impacts through the whole season and as the whole Korra universe, even uh, the whole Korra series that this episode has such it. But it's still just by itself. You could pluck this episode out. And even if you didn't understand anything else that's going on, you probably wouldn't appreciate it as much. Uh, but it just does so many things so really well, just kind of on its own merits, um, that I think that it would be very engaging to most most people in its target audience. High praise, but hey, come back next week and see what we've got to say about the actual finale finale. And very excited to talk about that with you. In the meantime, my name is Sean Taylor. That's my friend down there, Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. We are super excited to get to bring you the best of this season. I'll put all the contact stuff, as always, in the description. Thanks again for all the comments and likes on the videos and the audio-only versions. We really appreciate all you guys' patronage to us. Uh, to us. Very grateful for that. So thanks a lot, and we will we'll see you next time. No, man, it's way too fast on that.